Coming up this week on Sporting Journal Radio. Governor Walls came out and said he supports Minfish. What we're proposing on this and actually recommended in his budget for $110 million, that's actually grown now to $118 million. I think naturally people think, geez, Lake of the Woods must be a darn zoo because it's the Minnesota fishing opener. Fact of the matter is, it's not. The edges of the lakes started to open up. I fish, I hunt, and always will. Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <clears throat> We're not just a radio show anymore. Heck yeah. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in. That's Dan Amundsen right over there. Dan, how you doing? Hey, doing all right. All right, good. That's David Eckhart right over there. David, how are you doing? Doing good. So today on the show, we're going to talk about why Minfish is important and what they're doing to ensure that you're going to have more success when you're out there fishing uh, this year, next year, and for many years to come. Steve Panaz is here to talk about it. He's going to discuss a few of the bills that are in legislature right now. And I know when you start talking politics and bills, oh gosh, it's easy to tune out. But there are a couple of them that we're watching that I think you're going to want to know about. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with these guys. I went, I spent a lot of time going through the, all the bills, and there are some in there that you just cannot believe that they're real. And then I may have made up a couple. We're going to do real bill or not with these guys coming up. And basically determining our fate as Minnesotans uh, coming up here later in the show. Joe Henry will talk Lake of the Woods and give you some fishing tips on uh, what you might want to use when you're fishing the opener this year. Eric Osberg will talk about lakes and up in Otter Tail Lakes country to see, uh, you know, are they going to be open for opener? Probably, no. probably, <laughs> but there's a lot of ice right now. We'll get a report from Eric coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk muskies with them too. And, uh, and of course, Steve Panaz talking men fish all on the way. And we got a brand new video coming to our Fish Hunt Forever channel. We're going to tell you what that is in one second. But first, Dan, who are this week's sponsors? This week we have On X, Nor You Stand with On X. Live Target, match the hatch at livetargetlures.com. Lake of the Woods Tourism. Lake of the Woods is the Walla Capital Planet. Trip for this opener at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Book a trip to Devil's Lake this summer. Learn more at haybellheights.com. Alclair Audio. Save your hearing in the field with Alclair. Learn more at alclairoutdoors.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And Prairie Sportsman. We have one another a couple more episodes for you this season, but you can watch all of those episodes anytime at the Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel. And we'll give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up this week here in just a couple of minutes. Last summer, we also worked with an organization called Aglow, the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. Dan and I went down to Branson last summer, and Dan, we got to fish for something we'd never fished before. Sure did. Spotted bass at Table Rock Lake. Cool experience. Here's part of what it looked like. Doubled up. Nice. Heck yeah. I didn't at first, but now it's... That's heavy, whatever it is. This is like a... That's a tank. Heck yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, you can go to the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube page and watch that full video right now, actually. 
awesome. Yeah, he Pat Schlopper is who we were with there, Bass Elite Series Pro, and that was part of the thing that we part of some of the things we got to do while we were down there in Branson. We went and checked out the uh, World of Wonders Museum, Wonders of Wildlife, Wonders. Thank you. I always get that wrong. Wonders of Wildlife Museum at Bass Pro, amazing, amazing place. We got to go to Dogwood Canyon. We also got to do some fishing with uh, somebody that knows how to catch fish, and and Dan, it did not take Pat long to dial it in for those spots. No, he's. Uh, knows how to find fish it's like he's a professional so he, sh- yeah. he showed you or showed us where and how to do it and you can learn where and how to do it too yeah we broke it down in that video watch it right now on the fish hunt forever youtube channel real excited about that youtube channel david have you subscribed to it yet oh yeah all right good i'll just check it that's something <laughs> that someone who's not subscribed would say <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh all right so go there and subscribe share it with your friends uh please and of course subscribe to this channel sporting journal radio on youtube and then while you're there go to the prairie sportsman one and then while you're there go to the tazan lake lodge one i got too many youtube channels but they're all good i promise uh go check them out your future depends on it. Much like some of these bills that are in the Minnesota legislature right now. You know, I don't really like talking politics. So I'm going to keep this short and simple and uh, try to explain it the best way that I can. David, I know you're, you're into politics a lot. Oh, yeah. Big into politics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as we discuss, uh, we'll discuss later with Steve Panaz, and we've said it here on the show before. Most of us, if you're watching this, you're probably like us. You don't want to deal with politics. You want to get away from it all. But um, more and more, it seems like more and more rights are getting taken away from us. So it's important to pay attention and have strength in numbers and uh, have conservation advocacy groups like Minfish uh, at your back of the Capitol doing the dirty work for you. Uh, So they're paying attention to a couple of bills, including this this one, this Outdoor Recreation Modernization Appropriation. It's $118 million. uh, from the general fund that's going to uh, restore some boat accesses, uh, uh, provide some maintenance for some of these boat boat ramps. Uh, there's also going to be uh, enhancing access and welcoming new users to public lands and outdoor recreation facilities, uh, modernizing camping and related infrastructure, and then they're also going to be working. I think they're going to they're going to rebuild a, one of the fish hatcheries for the stocking program. So lots of money. Uh, and this would be money. I mean, we've got a historic surplus right now. Let's make smart use of it. Fishing is a huge part of the economic, uh, the economy, huge part of the economy in Minnesota, big tourism impact. So it's important that we use some of this money to maintain our great fishery that we have here in the state of Minnesota. Now, a couple other bills. There is one uh, about using a crossbow. David, you're an archery hunter. How do you feel about crossbow use during the archery season? I I don't have an issue with it. For anybody with an archery tag. If you want to get out and hunt, get out. That's probably a good a good take on it. That's not <laughs> the same one I have. <laughs> That's probably. A I good won't t- use one, but yeah, I'm not gonna knock somebody for using one. I guess. I've always been okay with somebody that has some physical limitations or is over what was it over 65. I think yeah, they could I use them. So. I didn't. I didn't mind that at all. I was always pushing for. I remember when Tom Landwehr was commissioner, and I cornered him one night during one of the governor's fishing openers. I said, "Tom, this crossbow thing is coming up again. Just make it a different license." Make it like a muzzleloader license yeah. and give them three weeks, whatever. You're going to make more money. People got to buy a license and then you then you don't have the archery hunters mad about it. Then everybody's happy. Yep. You make a license, you increase revenue, 
You give the crossbow hunters. I just, it, I feel it like it's weird to use an archery license for crossbow. It just doesn't seem the same to me, but I don't know. I, I agree with you though, that more people that want to get out and hunt, you know, Hey, have if at it, her. If it gets more people out, then sure. nothing wrong with that. So that is one of the bills going on right now. There's also another one in there again this year about removing the shotgun zone for deer hunting. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. It's got to happen. And it's, we've been talking about this for only like 14 thousand years so it's bound to happen it should happen we know the reasons why the shotgun zone's there and it's not super necessary anymore so i don't know i could go either way on it i guess i don't really hunt the shotgun zone if i hunt i just hunt with my muzzleloader during the firearm season anyway so it doesn't i think think a lot me i think a lot of guys do that you see a lot more muzzleloaders and shotguns anyways so I don't know. You can put a scope on a muzzleloader now anyways. Yeah. And they and shoot there's no real accurate. difference no. from a muzzleloader to a rifle. So Just, I guess, the amount of bullets you can shoot right. off quickly. But really, the odds of needing more than... Well, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, the main reason for using, for utilizing shotguns or mandating shotguns in the southern part of Minnesota was not a safety issue, as I understand it. It was more about giving the deer a better chance. Uh, than something more accurate than a rifle or uh, or a muzzleloader. I hate using shotguns for deer. I prefer to bow hunt anyway. I haven't used my rifle in a long time, but uh, I could care less. I think, uh, I don't know. I, with the introduction of AR pistols, I mean, yeah, half the guys are already using a rifle caliber, so... If you have any opinions on any of these things that we're talking about, too, please comment below. Let us know your thoughts uh, below on some of these things. Uh, There's also a bill that would appropriate $4 million in 2024 to the Fond du Lac Band to reintroduce elk in the Northeast. So this elk reintroduction effort has been discussed and the plans have kind of been put in place for the last few years. I think a lot of people would love to see a huntable elk herd in Minnesota, aside from what's in the Northwest, the farmers and ranchers in the Northwest don't like the elk up there. So to grow more elk in Minnesota, we need to put them in a place where there aren't as many fences and, and crops. So the Northeast is a logical place. And there is a plan in place to do that. They just need the money now and the go-ahead from the people of Minnesota and the DNR and the Fond du Lac Band all work together. So hopefully we can see. I'm all for it. Any of you guys have any issues with that at all? Just more food for our wolves. <laughs> well, there's that. That is something that people say. But, uh, you know, so speaking of that, there are a number of bills going on. I think some are companion bills, but there are bills to ban wolf hunting completely. And I emailed my representative about it. Uh, my rep voted no on uh, banning wolf hunting forever. Uh, Dan, do you want to talk about the response you got? Nicole Mitchell said uh, she strongly opposes wolf hunting. So I'll give her credit. Got back to me like two weeks later, but got back to me at least and said, hey, we just disagree on this issue. And that's politics, right? You voice your opinion. Your opinions, it got hurt, I guess, but guess it doesn't matter. It's, it is kind of defeating knowing that probably just about all the issues we have my representative and I aren't going to agree. And so that's kind of disheartening when you want to stick your voice out there, but it's important to still do that and then vote, you know, and I guess make it known that that person that your representative still represents you, whether the party lines agree or not, they got to do their job. And I honestly, I feel like they should take personal opinion out of it and listen to what their people want to do. And I guess that's part of the voting process, but so be it. Let them know you don't agree. Did you contact yours, David? I did not. Oh, man. You blew it! (laughs) 
We had one shot at this. Yeah. All right. Well, there's also a couple of bills going in there to uh, mandate that there would be an open wolf season in Minnesota, too, if the feds allowed, of course. So uh, that is always an interesting battle at the Capitol. All right. There's also a ban on lead tackle, the manufacture and the sale of lead fishing tackle that's going through. There's a bill about leaving garbage on the ice. The uh, I think probably spawning from the keep it clean movement. Uh, do you guys, uh, David, have you ever bear hunted in Minnesota? No, I haven't. So there's a bill that would allow preference points for youth for bear hunters. So hmm. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know how it is right now, uh, but I'm guessing that youth bear hunters can't build up preference points. So I'd assume this is the difference there. If you know more, please comment below. Uh, there's a bill, the sale of water in plastic containers ban. People are trying to ban, which I'm, plastic's bad. I'm not necessarily against that, but I don't want to drink water out of a cardboard. It's <laughs> wax. Yeah, wax. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the right answer is there. There is also some work. So the DNR talked about a new licensing system, and I think the ultimate goal of this new licensing system, maybe in a year or two, is that we would have an app on our phones that would have all of our license information in it, similar to many other states and Saskatchewan. Uh, there is a bill that would require paperless angling, hunting, and trapping licenses, unless requested in paper format. How do you guys feel about not having a paper license? Well, if it was on your phone. Yeah, well, which, that's what it would, it would be, probably in the app. Yeah. I only carry one if I have a tag anyways. I don't yeah. remember the last time I printed out a license. That's not a, not a tag. So, so no that's probably the unless requested in paper format. That would right. probably be a deer tag Maybe. or a turkey tag. Wisconsin, you don't tag your deer anymore. Yeah, that's true. So it might be going to that, and that's fine. Yeah, I hate carrying around paper. As long as I got my phone, uh, I don't mind it. Uh, all right, so finally, uh, real quick, we're going to give you a little sneak peek at uh, the new Prairie Sportsman that's coming out, and we'll talk to Steve Panaz about minfish. But real quick, oh, I should mention this. Have you guys ever heard of Canoe Mobile? No. So there is no. a bill that would uh, take $525,000 in 24 and $625,000 in 2025 appropriated from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and given to the commissioner to administer a grant to the Wilderness Inquiry for the Canoe Mobile Program. So basically it would pay for, it's a national program. It's a floating classroom that brings students out on local waterways in 10-person canoes to learn about science, history, geography, and culture. The on-the-water on experiences are often enriched with land-based learning activities developed and facilitated by organizations such as the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the National Park Service, and hundreds of other government and non-profit. That's my U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, <laughs> boys. Uh, Canoe Mobile brings classroom learning outside. So there is uh, a little over a million bucks in this bill in 24 and 25 for Canoe Mobile to come to Minnesota. All right. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, are these real bills in the Minnesota legislature or not? Are you ready to play? Uh, SF-553, a safety education requirement that would require watercraft operators to have a permit. Is there a real bill requiring you, if you want to take your boat out there and go fishing, you're going to have to take a safety class. Isn't that already a thing? Get a permit. I mean, I have a boater safety th uh, certification. I think if you're under... 
16 you have to get one don't you yeah i think i just used my driver's license yeah, i think it was allowed. Your driver's license so what's the difference i I'm guess you, gonna you, say you can drive a no you can drive a car you should be able to drive a boat so there is a bill that would require you to take a new test <laughs> and, I, and i think there's uh as the as the bill progresses there would be different age requirements uh needing to get that so as the bill gets has been around for a while older people will have to get that and take that class so that is a real bill all right how about hf 1716 ban the use of ice resurfacing machines not powered solely by electricity that sounds like it's probably real so, it's ridiculous it's minnesota enough. that sounds real <laughs> if your zamboni isn't electrical electric powered you can't have it anymore that is a real bill uh, Representative Jerry Newton and Representative Heather Edelson. They're also the same people that introduced the bill to ban electric, uh, to non-electric lawnmowers. Yeah. So they are all about the electric, electric powered vehicles. All right. SF 420 with the new weed legalization laws in the works. This will require marijuana users to limit their Twinkie purchases to one box per person. <laughs> This is Minnesota. It's probably real. <laughs> not with that number. That is fake. Ladies and gentlemen, real bill or not, thank you for playing at home. Uh, Steve Panaz coming up in just a little bit. Also, Eric Osberg and Joe Henry. But first, a sneak peek at this week's brand new Prairie Sportsman episode. Get ready for an all-new episode of Prairie Sportsman. Join us as we brave the frozen waters of the St. Croix River for an exhilarating ice fishing adventure targeting sturgeon. Plus, we'll take you on a tour of the St. Croix Watershed Research Station. Don't miss this action-packed and informative episode of Prairie Sportsman. Kodiak, a North American waterfowl film, is coming to the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel. I've been a sea duck hunter for about 30 seconds, and I've already got one that's probably going to go on the wall, so this is the coolest duck hunt I've ever been on. Presented by Boss Shot Shells, with support from Sitka and Beretta, and additional support from Alclair Outdoors, High Prairie Animal Arts, and the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. Watch Kodiak on the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel. Live Target, the leader in Match the Hatch, is back with new lures that also match the action. Introducing the Live Craw. The Live Craw is irresistible to bass, walleye, and other freshwater species. FTEX winner, the ultimate frog, looks and acts just like a swimming frog. With an exposed ultra point mustad hook and replaceable legs, the ultimate frog has two styles, two sizes, and eight colors. And iCast and FTEX winner, the Live Shrimp, mimics a fleeing shrimp for saltwater anglers. Coming soon from Live Target. This is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on this station by demand or by watching this on YouTube along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. And if you're watching this, then you probably like to fish. You live in an area where there's a lot of places to go fishing. The fishing opportunities are usually pretty good. And fishing and outdoor recreation on the water is a pretty, probably a pretty important part of your lives as it is all of us here. And that's what... That's why we have something called like Minfish. Minfish is uh, kind of an advocacy group for, for fishing in Minnesota. And to tell us more about what's going on and why it's uh, why they're why it's, they've got some important things to talk about right now. Steve Panaz joins us. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I think last time I saw you, you were hoisting about a 40 pound lake trout up in the air. <laughs> yeah. 
something yeah. like that. I appreciate the help with it, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, Lake Commandos, of course, we've seen one Tazan episode of Lake Commandos, and then there's going to be another one coming out uh, next season, I believe. Where, real quick, um, when where can people watch that? Where can people watch that show? We are five times a week in Q2 on, on Outdoor Channel. The best time in Minnesota is 1030 on Sunday mornings. All right, very good. Well, you're also part of Minfish, which is doing uh, a, a big auction right now, a fundraiser. And there are a lot of people, uh, such as yourself, are auctioning off some fishing trips. What, what was your participation in this, Steve? Well, the Minfish, the, the world's greatest fishing auction, was designed to raise money to support Minfish as we continue to try and encourage the state to reinvest back in fishing. And we've had some really good success. In fact, we've got some legislative bill, some bills on the uh, that are have been introduced in both the House and Senate that look to bring in as much as $60 million for hatchery rebuilds, which is a which is a big need right now. And another 50 million for boat ramp improvements. A lot of the, the ramps were built, uh, you know, sometimes 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, and they simply the boats back then were a lot smaller than they are today. So we're really looking for the state to come back and support anglers and fishing it's a 4.4 billion dollar industry in minnesota and it just deserves some uh some some reinvestment from the state well the amount of money that fishing the fishing tourism industry brings into the state i think you have to you have to look at it and support it legislatively and if this um is this the same bill then that would it would appropriate money from the general fund uh to modernize minnesota state managed outdoor recreation experiences um, there's, uh, they're talking about 28 million for enhancing access and welcoming new users to public lands and outdoor recreation facilities as part of this. Yes. A lot of the, yes, they're looking at two ways to fund this. They're looking at some general fund type stuff and they're also looking at some bonding bills. So right now it's sort of a soup trying to figure out how to get this done. But back in January, governor Walls came out and said he supports mint fish what we're proposing on this and actually recommended in his budget for 110 million dollars that's actually grown now to 118 million the okay. challenge for anglers is we we've, we've got to get this through the legislature so what do you what do you envision you know what is minfish envision for boat accesses with uh, the upgrades are just just to basically maintain kind of what we have or or do they foresee any other sort of changes to access locations well, a number of boat ramps, especially in the northern part of the state, don't actually even have docks or anything like that. So we're looking at larger parking areas for rigs that are for bigger boats. Uh, we're looking for better ramps. We had a bunch of issues last year with the drought, and a lot of the ramps were got beat up uh, from the from the drought and the weather. And we're just looking for enhancing them to better handle the number of anglers and boaters that are out there now. Stocking is obviously pretty important here. Uh, so there'd be what? What is it? Fifty million for fish hatcheries. Sixty million, yeah. 60 million for hatcheries. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's just for maintenance and upgrades. No, actually, there's uh, the goal is to rebuild one of the most important hatcheries in the state, which is Waterville uh, out of Waterville, Minnesota. It's really the one that produces most of the walleyes for stocking in southern Minnesota, as well as actually northern pike, uh, catfish, and some other species that are critical for some of these southern fisheries. The original hatchery was built uh, back in uh, back in the early 50s. It was actually a, a fish research center. It wasn't really a hatchery. And uh, so it just needs to be improved. And, and uh, one of the goals right now is to replace that hatchery with something that's a lot more efficient, allows them to 
produce more fish uh, more efficiently and, and really meet the needs that seem to be growing uh, as more and more anglers get out. So somebody listening to this or watching this is like, okay, it's political stuff. It's uh, bills. There's money. Like what, what, what can I do about this? They actually can do something about it. Right. I mean, it, it, it pays to contact these representatives, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Hey, I'm, I grew up in North Minneapolis fishing, uh, the Mississippi river. I, I got involved because I was, I was not happy with the voice that anglers had at the Capitol and with the DNR. And there was several like-minded people that wanted to get involved with Minfish. It's a nonprofit group. And really what it, it shows is the power of getting involved. We had the fishery summit last year, governor walls in a, in a uh, re-election year came to the event, but I think that he heard the message that we're not reinvesting back in the sport. There's been zero dollars of the general fund going back into fishing and that has to change. And so we're finding fertile ground, uh, not just with uh, Governor Walls, but the, on both sides of the aisle at the Capitol, as well as the DNR. And it just shows what happens when we come together as a group. We're a million something strong uh, yeah. and we're a big voice. And the more we get people to join Minfish and get involved, the better it's gonna be for all of us. You know, and it looks like when you talk about raising money for minfish to get some of these things done, it sounds like uh, some lobbyists have actually, some professional lobbyists have actually been help, been hired to help get this done. Yes, like. we've had four four experienced lobbyists. Work. We worked uh, last uh, spring trying to get the bonding bills uh, through unsuccessfully, and uh, we went back at it again uh, this uh, spring, and we're very optimistic that th this is going to be the year that uh, we're going to have some good news by the end of the legislative session. But anybody that's listening to this, get a hold of, please get a hold of your representatives, both in the Senate and the House, and say, I support reinvestment back in fishing. Uh, it's good for our state, it's good for our economy, and it's good for our, our residents as well. You know, I've spent a lot of time today going through some of the different bills that have been introduced uh, in, in the House and the Senate. And some of them, he like, it just boggles my mind that people have introduced some of these things. Like, you, you know, some of these bills are just not going to go anywhere. Some of them have a lot of merit to them. Some of them, I think, are, are pretty legit. What do you think the odds are of this, some of these, uh, you know, some of this funding passing? I, uh, with the governor's support, I believe we're going to get it done. I really think that we can handle, uh, I think we're going to get it done this year. It's uh, obviously it's not a for sure thing. There's a lot of new legislators this year uh, on both sides of the aisle. One of the focuses of our lobbyists and, and Mark Holston, our executive director, has been very active at the Capitol. And a lot of it is education. Here's why we need to do this. Here's the process for getting this done. And and I think we're we're building a strong reputation um, at the Capitol, and I know we've had a good reputation at the DNR. I'm reading about this at mn-fish.com. You can you can learn more about what we're talking about right now. In fact, some of the uh, the authors of these bills are listed there. So if you're you're looking for some people to to give some voice your support to, there are some names there too. Obviously, your representative should be talked to, of course. Um, and it, and Mark Holson there is talking about what you just mentioned, Steve. Is that uh, it's he says it's, things are challenging. He said it's uh, unlike anything he's ever experienced. This session that's going on right now. I uh, said a record number of legislators have just started their first term and learning the ropes. And you have to think about that. A lot of these new people that were elected, uh, based on what I remember from the last election, I, I'd bet that a lot of them don't have fishing in their backgrounds. 
So education is, is 100% important in this situation. It's very important. And one of the things that Mark uh, Holston brings to both men fish is that he's a former DNR commissioner. You know, he understands what it, what it is to run the DNR, but he's also a former legislature legislator and he understands how to work that side of things and what's needed to get things done. And he's been a tremendous leader for the organization, along with guys like Ron Sharon and, and others that, that bring a big voice uh, for anglers to the Capitol. So one thing is, has made me just a little bit nervous about this, Steve, is that uh, at the end of this, and I don't know, maybe this is the messaging I read today, and maybe something has changed, or maybe you know more about this, but it, it breaks down this $118 million for this and that and the other thing. Uh, and then at the end, it says the commissioner may reallocate across these purposes based on project, ready, ready, project readiness and priority. Does that mean that the you know this just the same amount of projects that are in this bill are going to be funded and it just the the numbers may may change or the timelines might may change or does this allow the commissioner the leeway to add in you know maybe some little things here and there and change things up a little bit i learned early on in this process that when you write these bills in a way that limit how they're how they're spent or how they're dedicated a lot of times, by the time the bills get passed and things, they're not as effective in terms of trying to accomplish the overall goals that you're trying to get done. So I share your, uh, your concern. <laughs> I think it's a great question. But at the same time, I believe that, uh, that the message is strong. And I, and I believe that the, the, the funding, once done, will, will support what they're intended to do because the needs are so great that not doing it is actually would be more harmful than, than not. Okay, that's good. You know, and, and the fact that we've got this historic surplus right now, all this money, all this, you know, taxpayer money, it'd be good to put it into projects like this. And now is the time to uh, to really take advantage of that available money to, to, to fund some of these projects instead of having to, you know, say, raise license fees, which will probably end up happening as well, too, as we know. But to, to put some money behind some projects that are that are definitely necessary. So uh, this is uh, this is an important one for us up uh, how when when do you think when does this when does this session go till do you know or when do you think we might actually hear I some believe action it goes on this the end of may but some of the things that we actually got going uh right now that's important on may 3rd minfish is hosting the second annual fishing uh summit i i can't stress how important this thing is because the last time we had this uh we had um, Governor Walls was there, Commissioner Stroman was there, and they got to hear firsthand what's going on. And this year we're having another summit at Clam headquarters in Rogers. And we're, got, uh, we're gonna talk, we're gonna provide a legislative update uh, on where things are sitting. Governor Walls is expected to be there, expected to speak, and here's a chance for us to get on record where, where his support is. The other big thing that's going on right now in the state, and Minfish has been very involved in trying to get this fixed, is there's actually, a a very significant live bait shortage uh, right now. And Minnesota is one of the few states that doesn't allow importation of bait for, for invasive species purposes. But this is one of those situations where, um, you know, we have to figure out a solution because the impact of not having live bait is affecting anglers, but they just can't get out and actually catch fish. Hmm. Well, but the plastic makers must be just having a heyday right now. They must be enjoying well, this a little bit. What affects the jig? Uh, uh oh, I got Pierce coming in here. Hey, Pierce. <laughs> Pierce just got off work. He's a working man. 
But yeah, you know, uh, that's obviously an, an important topic. There's a couple, I, th I think there's a couple of bills pertaining to live minnows going on right now, isn't there? There is some, there's been some movement in the last couple of days. I know Mark Holston's been buried at, uh, at the Capitol right now, trying to sift through what's best uh, going forward on this. So yeah, that's a, that's a continuing issue. Well, um, I'm, a, I'm excited about this actually. I, uh, we're planning on being there uh, May awesome. 3rd at Clam. So we're going to be there for this event. Uh, we missed out on it last year. We were, we were out of town, weren't we, last year, Dan? You were trying to kill a turkey, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I was on the road trip. That's right. <laughs> Not killing a turkey. But uh, I was trying. I was trying very, very hard. So I was out of town. But going to be in town for this one and uh, looking forward to being there. So this is, I mean, from some of the names that I saw on the list of people that are going to be there, it's kind of the who's who in the fishing world uh, in this region, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the final numbers are going to be in terms of uh, the number of invites and how, how many are going to be there. But there'll be, um, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where I think one of those events where people are drawn to it because they know they can have an impact, a conversation with the governor or the, or the DNR commission or, or Brad Parsons, the fisheries chief. The, the right people to make decisions and to make changes are going to be there. And this is a, a forum that's designed to really create an atmosphere for ideas to be generated and shared well let's let's just bump back to minfish for one second i'm i'm looking at the membership options there's a, a newsletter that you can just sign up for and just it's free you can just put your email address in to get updates there's a uh, a yearly supporting member option for 35 bucks a year just like other conservation organizations and then there's a life member for just 250 bucks one-time donation which i'm going to do today uh, and that gets you uh subscription to the newsletter uh decal and then some invites to some of these members only events there it is right there in the min-fish website mn-fish.com is the website um so where, what other work or what other, I mean, is there just kind of a singular focus generally uh, when big things come up, Steve, or what, what else would being a member of MinFish, what's that going to do for a guy or girl? What it, what it does is it allows you to help us uh, build a bigger voice. So when we want to accomplish the different goals, we can do that. Number two, we do focus on uh, very specific goals. I know a lot of people have asked us to get involved in this or that thing and and, and, and eventually we might move into some of those directions. But right now we're trying to, to focus on the biggest issues. One, hatcheries is a, is a big thing. Uh, the, the minnow shortage is a big thing. The boat ramps are a big thing. So we're looking to understand we're a nonprofit group. We're all volunteers. Our whole goal is to accomplish the most for the, for the most people and the most anglers and what's best for the state. But, you know, if, if uh, some have asked us to get involved in things like the two lines and stuff like that, that's just not our focus right now. We just want to improve fishing in Minnesota. And then once we accomplish those goals, we'll start looking at uh, what what needs to be done next. Do you think Minfish has gotten some some criticism uh, because of not su supporting some efforts like that or some of those other topics out no. there? I think what happened uh, with Minfish is when we got into the pandemic, uh, it made it difficult for us to get together. Uh, it made us uh, help us. It, it, it really helped uh, eliminate or re it reduced our, our, our momentum. Yeah. Uh, and now that we're out of uh, there, we're firing on all cylinders. We've got the right people in the right places and uh, we're getting things done. And I think people that uh, had uh, wondered about men fish uh, two, three years back are now going to find out that uh, 
you know, we were laying groundwork those first few years, and now that groundwork is starting to pay dividends. And that, honestly, that's what I've told people because I've I've heard from a few people here and there. Well, what has Minfish done, and this and that? And I said, well, I I I think you know some changes were made. The pandemic really kind of hurt, but I I feel like there is a lot of momentum right now. I think things are going really well. I had I had a great conversation with Mark at um, the Northwest Sports Show this year. I probably kept him around. That I had he stopped by. He made the mistake of walking <laughs> by the Tazan Lake Lodge booth while I was standing there. I'm like, hey, Mark, get over here. I got a couple things I want to talk to you about, and I probably kept in there longer than he wanted to be, but uh, had a pretty good talk with him there. Mark is uh, very impressive. He's his dedication. Uh, you know, he's this isn't a full time job for him. This is a lifestyle for him, and uh, he, his heart is in the right place. He wants to get this stuff done. In fact, everybody that's on the board uh, is is dedicated to, to getting things done. This is not personal uh, in any way. It's all about uh, giving back to the industry and and giving back to the support that's been so good for all of us. And I think that uh, Mark is just a, a one of that's kind of quarterbacking it all for us. Well, I'll tell you what, man, uh, all the power to him. And I've said this many times on this show that as you know, people like us that enjoy the outdoors, I think 99% of the time, we just want to unplug and get away and go out and sit on the lake or sit in the woods somewhere and just get away from it all. Don't want to get involved in politics. Don't want to get involved in controversial subjects or, or anything like that. Don't want to be a part of that whole thing. But we found, and I found maybe it's me getting older, but I found that if we want to continue to enjoy those things, we have to, or somebody has to, which is why we have such great conservation organizations with people willing to get get their hands dirty and get into the middle of the, you know, wade through the, the political, well, I'm not going to call it a swamp necessarily, but the political m- mess that, that it can be at times. Uh, so uh, there is strength in numbers. When you say there's strength in numbers, that's not just, you're not just saying that, it literally tells somebody who's in charge of making our laws, hey, we have we have 50,000 people or we have 1 million people. You know, the, the state of Minnesota sells a million licenses, fishing licenses, whatever it is. We have this many people that care about fishing in the state of Minnesota. That's an important thing. That is a strong voice that needs to be listened to. What's interesting is a lot of situations, or especially I've learned a lot in the last four or five years being involved in, in fish. Number one, we had a legislative meet and greet at uh, near the Capitol uh, about a month ago, and Governor Walls was there and he spoke and he actually came up after, uh, he picked me out of the crowd for some reason and came over and said hi and things. He said, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing for us because he said, I had no idea fishing uh, as an industry in Minnesota was as big, it is as big as Mayo, uh, the Mayo oh, yeah. uh, hospital system. It's as big as pork production. and. I think when when you don't stand up and and raise your hand or or really make some noise, people can overlook what's there because not that they try to overlook, but they just don't know really what's the whole story. And, and I think one of Minfish's strengths right now is we're getting the story out, and the more anglers that join us, either as just uh, you know a, 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 a you know a free member or, or or if we can get their support financially, we we could use that as well. But it's uh, yeah, the more we can get involved, the more people that we can put behind us, uh, the better. And I and it's it takes just minutes to go online uh, and, and sign up and get our newsletters and, and keep uh, in touch with what's happening. 
Well, I've been saying it more and more lately. Uh, now is the time to fight for what we enjoy doing, and that's uh, spending time outdoors, hunting, fishing, outdoor recreation. We need to make sure that uh, we can, we cement this tradition for future generations and having an organization like Minfish to uh, to help us get that done in the in the political realm is even more important these days. So, uh, Steve, min-fish.com is the website. Anything else yep. you want to let our uh, listeners slash viewers know about Minfish or anything coming up? Well, we've got the summit May third, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, live stream this next week. I don't know if it's gonna be on our YouTube channel through the website or if it's gonna be on our Facebook page. We're gonna figure that out uh, in the next day or two. Also, we just held the world's greatest fishing auction. We had forty six different experiences with with the state's top anglers, guys like Linder and Winkleman and Roach and Tony Roach and all those guys and. Uh, and so it's been fun, and I, I wanted just to say thanks for everybody that bid on the prod on the things. We we raised uh, about forty some thousand dollars, and wow. that's going to go a long way to keep us uh, fighting on behalf of all the anglers. So thank you for those that uh, bid, and for those who donated trips. It was really uh, a great experience. Man, could you imagine being in the boat with some of those guys? I mean, just I wouldn't even have to fish. Just sitting there and listening to them, just have them tell fish stories or talk about, you know, the old days or the beginning. Like when the fishing industry really kind of had its roots in Minnesota and some of those names that are on, you know, that, that are in that list have been a part yeah. you've been a part of that too. You know I mean? So at the, yeah. So at the board meeting up in uh, Brainerd a, a couple of weeks ago, Gary Roach walked in. I hadn't talked yeah. to Gary or I hadn't been in a boat with Gary for a couple of decades or more. It was just fabulous to see him. And first thing he said, auction, Hey, I'd like to donate a trip and I want to dose some fishing rods. And oh, perfect. somebody, perfect. Uh, somebody just got lucky and, and won that uh, day with Gary and it's uh, un- unbelievable. But uh yeah. Did he do it with his original guide boat that they restored a few years back? Because that would be. <laughs> oh, that's the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that'd be the ultimate. But. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Steve Panaz, I appreciate the time. We'll see you uh, May 3rd at Clam. Thanks for the time today on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for the support. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. All right, now it's time to go up to Lake of the Woods, check in with Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, you know, when we were up there at the end of the walleye season for the SGR 500, it was pretty busy. Fishing was good. There was a lot of people targeting sturgeon, a lot of people targeting walleyes. Uh, we caught some nice walleyes, but I'll tell you what, that sturgeon fishing, I think every year more and more it kind of steals the show up there. And right now you could go up there and have, I mean, obviously there's going to be some sturgeon anglers, but you have a lot of the river to yourself right now, I bet. Oh man, yeah. I think I think you would have. You know, there, there, there's sturgeon anglers out there and stuff like that. But you know what? Um, 
it's spring fishing and people aren't used to spring fishing this time of year. Most people are looking forward to the Minnesota fishing opener. And, you know, even if people do come up to the rainy, a lot of people think about that April 14th. Okay. That's when the spring walleye season closes up. They don't think about coming up and catching sturgeon. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, I'll give you a good one. I got, uh, I got some good friends of mine. In fact, uh, um, this friend of mine take, comes up with his family. They're from the FM Walleyes Unlimited Club out of Fargo-Moorhead area. And, you know, he'll come up and they'll come a couple of days before the opener. And him and his family will fish sturgeon and have the, the oh, waterways sure. to themselves. They'll catch a bunch of, in fact, it's Dave Wassonis, but uh, they'll, they'll catch a bunch of sturgeon. And then, of course, for the Minnesota fishing opener, boom, all of a sudden it's May 13th. And now it's game on for the tradition. And and uh, they uh, they just fish right off of a pine island normally. Normally it's a jig bite and they catch all the darn fish they, they need to catch. Well, I know the uh, outside of Pine Island, it's open now. I know you fished outside the gap when you were up there, oh gosh, a week, week and a half ago, whatever it was. Um, and I saw some reports on Facebook of people fishing outside the gap right now. Uh, so things are looking pretty good for the opener up there, aren't they? Well, you know, I'll tell you that the gap is open right now. That's where the Rainy River, of course, for people who don't know, that's where the Rainy River feeds into the Lake of the Woods. And of course, that current is is what opens that up. But you know, we are, the majority of our lake is still ice covered. In fact, if you look at our Lake of the Woods Tourism's Facebook page, you can see I did kind of a, a coloration of where the open water is on Big Traverse Bay and, and also at the Northwest Angle. And, you know, it, it's it's really the, the majority of the lake is still ice covered. But, but I'll tell you something, um, just about every year, you, you know, it's this way. And we're always wondering, man, alive, is it possible we could have some ice for the opener? Now, I'll tell you this. The very, very few years that we have had ice for the opener, I don't think it'll be this year. I don't know. Um, but but for the few years we've had, had had a little bit of ice for the opener, I'll tell you what happens. That rainy river is freaking game on. There's still a ton of walleyes in there. Um, you know what? Fishing along the shorelines on Lake of the Woods, that's where the majority of the walleyes are going to be anyway. You know, you might have ice out there, but fishing the shorelines, you know, it's game on. And, of course, if you go to the northwest angle, um, that water going between the islands because there's current, you know, there's the, the, the go-to spots to catch walleyes are, are open too. So, you know, um, it, it's going to be game on for the opener. One thing neat about the opener at Lake of the Woods, which is May 13th this year, one thing really cool is that I think naturally people think, geez, Lake of the Woods must be a darn zoo because it's the Minnesota fishing opener. fact of the matter is it's not. I, I think a lot of people already have their traditions on where they go. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but but we're not like we're not slammed busy. Normally, there's plenty of you know lodging available, and you want to talk about a good spot to come for the Minnesota fishing opener. Now, certainly the weather can be really cold. It can be really hot. You never know what the weather's going to do, and that's anywhere in Minnesota. But I'll tell you, as far as the fishing goes, normally very consistent. Normally, it's a jig bite. And you probably find walleyes in the river too at that time. Oh, there's going to be walleyes in the river, no doubt. With this late spring we're having, oh, heck, there'll be a lot of leftover walleyes in the river. You know, people, you know, a, a lot of the walleyes, not all the walleyes, a, a good percentage of walleyes will go into the Rainy River to spawn. But there is a way more walleyes that don't even go to the Rainy River to spawn. Now, for the walleyes that do go to the river to spawn, some are going to stay there because there's plenty of food there to eat. Some are going to slide back out to the lake out in front of that Pine Island area. So you're going to have a combination of fish in the river, fish along the shorelines and uh, and then just fishing you know shallower structure this time of year remember lake of the woods too the water is a stained water so fishing in that shallow water i mean it's it's really really good i think the other thing you need, need about it is a jig bite is a really fun bite and on the lake the of the best. woods the jig bite isn't it's not so much that you're casting and jigging in 
the jig bite on Lake of the Woods is more vertical jigging over the side of the boat while it's anchored. Or in some cases, you can move around a little bit, but most people will anchor up and just jig over the side of the boat. You want to talk about easy fishing, low stress, and enjoyable. You know, Lake of the Woods, we have big open expanses of mud. And uh, those wallies and saugers are roaming around looking for food. You anchor up in an area where there's fish, you don't have to be on a spot on a spot. Those fish eventually are going to find you. Let's talk about the types of jigs that you're going to use out there too, Joe. You got a couple of different presentations you like to use? Oh, for sure I do. Well, you know, first off, that stained water. So I like using bright, bright colored jigs. So some of my favorites, you know, a lot of them have a gold base to them. That gold and that stained water is really good. But, you know, uh, like a pink, glow white and gold, man, that's one of my go-tos. You know, sometimes just mixing a, a glow, a chartreuse in gold or a glow, or uh, orange and gold. Uh, can be really, really good. Uh, some of the jigs now have little rattles on them. So the little rattle will add a little bit of extra noise to the to the jig. And I think the other thing to think about when you're jig fishing Lake of the Woods is, you know, the, how you hook your minnow. You know, we're, we're going to be using certainly, you know, fathead minnows, live fatheads and stuff. If they're available this year, they've been hard to get for anywhere in the state. But the other thing is we have a, a good abundance of frozen emerald shiners that the bait dealers had netted in the fall and they freeze them. And those frozen shiners, you know, the best way to hook those shiners or even a regular minnow in some cases on Lake of the Woods, you take that uh, hook, you put that hook through the mouth of the minnow out the gill, and then you push that minnow all the way up to the jig head as far as you can, and you hook that uh, that hook back through the midsection of the minnow. You know, in the stained water, the walleyes really don't seem to mind that a bit. And the other thing is when you get a bite, now they're going to get that hook in their mouth. The, the chances are that the hook's going to be in their mouth because you got that hook halfway back of the minnow rather than getting the short biters that just grab the tail of the minnow and you miss them. So that's one little tip that really puts a lot more fish in the boat and uh, it can make all the difference in the world, quite frankly. Well, and talk about those short biters too because you also add a different way uh, of fish, uh, a different way of hooking up your minnow on there, Joe, in one of those pictures. Well, and I, I like using a stinger hook uh, oftentimes. And all, all a stinger hook is a very short piece of, of mono or floor cub and attached to a small treble hook. You can attach that to your jig, and now that little treble hook will go in the back just underneath the, the tail of the minnow. And, you know, when they grab it, again, this isn't the real gin clear water where Walla has the opportunity to just examine your whole setup and, and say, no, thank you. This is stained water. Those fish are much more reactive to water displacement, sound, smell, and, and just a profile. So they're not going to be able to examine that little treble hook hanging below the tail of that minnow. You can get away with that real nicely. It's amazing how many big fish I have caught on a little, little uh, stinger hook with a little treble hook. Well, and, and if people are having a hard time finding bait, you know, plastics obviously worked well for us up there this spring. I'm, I'd assume plastics would work well year-round up there. Plastics work great up there. Absolutely. You know, if, if most people, if they're able to use live bait or, or frozen bait, they will. Part of it's a confidence thing. I'll give you a good one. You know, uh, going up to the northwest angle, for those that decide to slide into the Ontario side of Lake of the Woods from the northwest angle, you know, it's you, you no longer can bring any kind of bait from the U.S. into Canada. Uh, not alive, not dead, not frozen, none of it. So it's forced a lot of our visitors to use plastics. And they're doing just as good as they were using live bait. It's a confidence thing. Pros and cons to everything. You know, with plastics, a lot of the plastics have good scent in them. You can use a paddle tail, a twister tail, a fork tail. You know, you can use uh, the many different colors with different uh, color combinations, glitter. Uh, the other thing is, you know, when you're jigging with, with a plastic, 
if a walleye or any other kind of fish hits you and you miss them, you know, normally when you set that hook, your live minnow or your, or your, your dead minnow would be gone. You're done. You have to reel up. By the time you reel up, rebate, get it down, that fish is gone now. You know, with a plastic, you set that hook, you miss that fish, that fish is still hot to trot. You got that plastic on, you drop it down, jig it a couple of times, very good chance that wallet will hit again. Well, Joe, if people want to make a plan uh, for taking a trip up there for opener or maybe get a summer trip planned up to Lake of the Woods, what should they do? Oh, for sure. Hit, hit our website up, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Devil's Lake is legendary, and this summer has been legendary for walleyes. Don't miss out. Call Haybell Heights Campground and Resort today to book one of their modern cabins on East Bay. The cabins are furnished with a full bathroom, kitchen, and all the amenities like high-speed internet and are clean following CDC guidelines. Staying at Haybell Heights gives you full access to a private boat launch, fish cleaning station, and beach area. Learn more at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. Plan your trip to legendary Devil's Lake today. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep, and I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. All right, now it's time to jump up to Ottertail Lakes Country to check in with Eric Osberg. Eric, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Brett? Not too bad. Just uh, kind of watching slowly spring slowly creep uh, creep in here. I, th I thought it was going to come fast. We had that that real fast melt here, and everything flooded. And then now it's kind of gotten cold again and slowed things back down again, which you, you kind of normally like to have that slow, slow melt instead of the real fast one. But I don't think you guys experienced what we did down here, did you? Well, we had we had the 70, 80 degree weather where like the snow was gone, right? Like it took just a matter of a couple of days and the snow was gone and the, the edges of the lakes started to open up. But then, uh, but then we got more snow after the snow was gone, we got more snow and then it got cold again. So, um, it, it, yeah, the thaw was, was put on hold. The good news is, is all the snow piles were gone. So if you, if you were running out of places to put your snow, <laughs> when, when, like all, it was, it was different, right? Like you could plow your driveway or plow your whatever. And, uh, there was plenty of room to put the new snow, but now that snow is gone too and and we're just waiting for a lot of sunshine and a little bit of warm to open things up i don't even want to ask the question but i'm sure you've thought about it i'm sure you've been asked about it how do, how do you think uh how do you think you know everybody says it every year well it's the uh, lakes aren't going to be open for the opener and most of the time everything is like most of the time everything still melts no matter no matter how close it may get but there every so often there's that one year where you get a few lakes are open a few lakes are still locked up what do you think it's going to look like up there I, in ottertail county i'm gonna i'm gonna play the optimist role and say by opener by may 13th we will be 100 percent open now yeah. um it might be may 6th it might be may you know what i mean like it yeah so that that picture is not too long ago and, and mason lake is is a pretty shallow lake right like that's that's not a not a typical lake that was just the most optimistic sign we could find um we, you know we, we didn't want to just keep sharing bad news so 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I believe that we will be 100%. And I'm not just saying that to say that, right? Like if I, to your point, when the sun gets this high in the sky, those rays are going straight down into that ice. And, and although it hasn't happened here recently, you get a couple of bright, sunshiny days, warm, that, that ice crumbles pretty fast, in in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, I know you've been watching Minnesota openers for, for a long time. I've been watching them for a long time. We've been a part of those governor's openers. I think I, think I remember watching you, I think it was, weren't we in McGregor when it snowed? The lake was open, but I think we had some snow that morning. I think you were up there. Yeah, McGregor was brutal. The weather in McGregor was brutal. It was cold. It was windy. It was probably <laughs> snow. Um, the weather in, uh, I remember the most, for me, I think the most, the closest one was probably Park Rapids. Park, Park Rapids. Yeah, that was, that was the one where it was nip and tuck and everything, you know, and everything opened up by, by, by the opener. Well, um, and I remember the lake. We I don't remember who I was paired up with that year to fish, but the we actually went to a different lake because the lake we oh, were going to go to the access wasn't open. Like it, there was some oh, open really? water, but we couldn't get we couldn't get to the open water. Right, right. But uh, so we went and fished a different lake. So um, yeah, you know there were obviously other options. Yeah, there there will be open water. I you know I don't know what conditions are like up north. Um, I, I saw Leisure Outdoors, you know, was posting some pictures from the, from I think the Leech Lake area, and and it looked at, it looked like they they were making progress, but um, I, you know, we're we're still a couple weeks away, and and a lot can happen in a couple weeks as far as ice goes. For sure, and you have eleven hundred lakes, so there's going to be some open, if not all of them. Yeah, we we've got plenty to choose from, that's for sure. And a lot of them have, and a lot of them have water that moves. You know, like yeah. Otter Tail is is our biggest, and you've got, you've got the Otter Tail River flows into it. You've got the Dead River flows into it, and then the Otter Tail River flows out of it, and then there's other smaller tributaries. So so the good news is there's there's water moving in 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 a lot. You know, Dead Lake, Star Lake, Otter Tail Lake. Uh, even the big pine, little pine rush has a river coming out of it, you know, so there's, um, there's gonna be open water by the opener. Now I've been wrong before, but, um, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd bet we're good to go by the opener. Well, how, how are other things looking up there? I mean, uh, aren't you normally sucker fishing by now, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been doing a little bit of sucker fishing. Um, our, our favorite activity, uh, uh, sucker fishing is one of our favorite, but our, the, the walleye Lake fish hatchery, oh, yeah. uh, I, I just, I just got an email from Jim Walters at the DNR and he said, they're going to set the net out tonight for the first time. So, so they haven't started their, their, their spring, um, ritual of, of, of stripping and fertilizing eggs yet. Um, that's and again and maybe you and I have talked about this every year since we've talked but if if you've never been to a walleye fish hatchery I highly recommend you go um the 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 size of the fish that you can see it it just kind of blows you away and it and for me it makes me feel like a really bad angler like <laughs> you you know you 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 see the 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 class, the the size and the number of fish that are swimming up a, a river, 
Um, and the Walker Lake fish hatchery is, and then there's other ones around the state, right? There's different, different corners of the state have them. Um, but, uh, that's, yeah, there you go. Dan, Dan is the best in the business. It, it, <laughs> I, I, I knew, I knew if I rambled on long enough, he would just he would, need a little tap dancing to get there. Just, you know, just, I knew he would stumble into it somewhere, but yeah, when you, you know, you, and that's not a big river and it's not a, you know, it's, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a, that's almost a stream or a Creek and the, the amount of walleyes that, and then the other fish that you see too, it's crappie, you know, and there's the, the, the first step is they sort them out and they get rid of them. But man, there's some, there's some big walleyes that come through there. And, and according to the DNR, that's Jeez. just the tip of the, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Like most walleyes don't run up the river. That's just the ones that, that for whatever reason choose to. So, um, so that'll be happening here soon. I don't know when, but, 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 you know we'll we'll do our best to keep our audiences in the in the know as soon as we can get out there as soon as they say yep we're gonna start we'll we'll, we'll get out there can people can the public come out and see that they are they are in most cases i i you know um i don't want to speak for the dnr but in most cases they're open to the public and and the way it usually works it's it's not a like what usually happens is that like they set the nets out at night and then in the morning, like eight in the morning, eight thirty or nine, whatever it is, that's when the DNR gets in there and starts to do their work. And by 10 ish, they're done. You know what I mean? Like there's no more activity to see. And then they, and then they reset the nets and it, and it, and, and they have quotas that they're trying to fill. So it, it, it's, it's, you can't really tell, you know, you can't say they're doing it for a week or you can't say they're doing it for seven or five days or, you know what I mean? It, it all depends on the, on the run, but um, yeah, the public, they're, they're, they're usually open to the public. If there's a fish hatchery in your corner of the state or in your area, um, usually there's a phone number you can call. Um, and, and, and I know a lot of like schools will take field trips you know, there's different different groups that'll take kids out there, because um, it is kind of a cool little science experiment to 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 watch them, you know, milk you know, uh, uh, milk a milk a walleye. So, yeah, but I I think they're open to the public. I would just double check with your local your, your local office to make sure uh, I'm not missing. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I've been uh, to a couple of events like that, and 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 I remember the first one we were filming for one of the TV shows I did, and they pulled a big one out of the net. I'm like, can I, can I just hold it? Can you take a picture of me holding this fish? Yeah, dang yeah. right. At the time, that was probably the biggest wall I'd ever held, you know. But uh, it was a pretty neat experience, and obviously an important part of. Uh, uh, sustaining the, the stocking program yep. here in Minnesota for walleyes. Yep. Oh, it's pretty neat. Um, Eric, I don't know. I, I'm sure uh, Maplewood State Park is kind of a neat area to check out uh, year round, but probably this time of year too, there's probably some neat activities going on in there. And I don't know if you saw the latest episode of Prairie Sportsman where we fished with Randon and we didn't say where we were in that episode, but we'll just say it's the same place we musky fished last time with Randon right. on Prairie Sportsman, and we didn't name it that time. But did you, my favorite part though, I, Randon texted me afterwards. He goes, I've watched this five times. I can't stop watching it and I can't stop laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he told me to set the rod like I'm going to break it and I broke the rod. 
Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um it's a <laughs> it's a special place, that's for sure. It's a, it's a yeah. special place, that's for sure. And um yeah, rods get broken. That happens every now and then. Um uh rods rods break, but uh no, Maplewood State Park and t- again, to your point, t- 12 months out of the year there's always pretty there's always something cool to see at Maplewood. Um um but but no, you know, musky season will be here in june and um and 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 by then i can guarantee everything will be open yeah but uh, (laughs) i sure hope so man and i'll I'll tell you you know you never want to put too much pressure on a fishery and i you know i don't always like to name lakes and everything like that but for people that haven't caught a musky i mean what a great place to go to do it you know the 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 fact that we've this last trip that we put three in the boat and one of them one of them was a fish they caught the day before mm-hmm. like how great is that i mean for guys that are you know you don't you're not gonna see your hardcore guys that want to get get a 50 incher because uh i don't you know maybe there's a 50 in there but a lot of you know mid to upper 40s it's a nice fish but just a great opportunity in a really scenic setting but a great opportunity to catch a nice fish yeah, Maplewood State Park, uh, and it's Beers Lake is the lake within Maplewood State Park. For those that are wondering, that that has muskies in it. Um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's our go-to. I I, I was, yeah, it, and it, and it and you've been in them on it, you know, especially filming Brett. But but for anybody who musky fishes, seeing a muskie, it, I mean, it's, it's not success. as cool as catch it. But but if yeah. you see muskies. And there, there's, you know, there's been very few times that I've ever taken a trip to Maplewood and I haven't at least had a follow, you know what I mean? And, and so, um, and we've had days where we've caught multiple muskies and we've had days where we've caught none and we've had days where we get one. Um, I was out, I, you know, I took, you know, Willie and one of his buddies, I took them out last year. Um, and it was, it was kind of sad cause it was my first figure eight muskie ever. But I cool. wasn't looking. But I wasn't looking. I wasn't watching. <laughs> I, I, I just, I brought, I brought the lure. You know, you bring the lure in, and, and as Randon teaches us, I don't do a figure eight. I just do a big oval. Yeah. But I, I, I was bringing it in, and I heard a noise over my shoulder. So I, I was just doing my oval next to the boat, and all of a sudden, bam! Right next to the boat, <laughs> it, it, it got smoked, and it, it wasn't a giant. It was a, you know, high thirties, thirty eight, thirty nine. Maybe it hit forty inches, but just. You know, and again, we didn't we didn't wake up at six in the morning and 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 spend twelve hours, right? Like I think we might have went on a weekday, and yeah. and and in in the evening, right? Like and and so no, beers is a special place, and I think the the lake itself. If you ever go, there's 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 not a huge boat access. There's one boat access, right? And it's and it's not massive, so I don't know that it could get overfished. You know what I mean? Not at sure. certainly at one time. I mean, you can fit five, you know, ten ten rigs in there, but um, no. On the lake is just it's spread out. There's islands. There's bays. There's you know you can you can find a spot where you feel like you got the whole place to yourself, and then there's zero development on the shoreline. So you you I mean I know that Otter Tail County is up north to some people, but but there's you know there's up north up north right yeah and so you get inside that park and and you feel you feel um up north feel you feel up north it, you yeah. feel like you got the place yourself um go ahead yeah. well i was just gonna say it's it's a beautiful uh lake and it's it's a testament to catch and release too and obviously most musty yeah. anglers are uh 
almost all of them they're all catch and release and when when we can catch the same fish that was caught the day before and Randon and or people in his boat have caught that fish like 15 16 times over the you know the course of a few years or whatever the case may be it's uh you know it, it would be hard to overfish it you know i you know i always don't like naming lakes necessarily right. but that's a pretty cool one and you can watch that episode right now on the pioneer pbs website the prairie sportsman website or on the prairie sportsman youtube channel and eric if people want to plan a trip to otter tail lakes country or learn more what should they do they can find their inner otter at our new and improved website. Hey now, otter tail. Uh, hey now, ottertaillakescountry.com, um, or they can find us on any of the social medias, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Very good, Eric Osberg. Thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me, Brett. Appreciate it. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com.